You're listening to Comedy Central. November 19, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. people alive, the creator of Hamilton and a star of his dark materials on HBO, Lin-Manuel Miranda is joining us, everybody. So exciting. Also on tonight's show, the return of Colin Kaepernick, why superbugs are all gonna kill us, and the ongoing inquiry into the biggest political scandal of our time, and it's not impeachment. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with the alarming medical news that has scientists around the world freaking the out. The CDC says superbugs that resist antibiotics have killed nearly twice as many people as we thought. And at the rate the infections are growing, today's medicines could become useless. The CDC says drug-resistant infections kill more than 35,000 people a year, and that's the equivalent of about one person every 15 minutes. The danger isn't the antibiotics themselves, but rather the superbugs that evolved to resist the antibiotics being used by large factory farms. Those drug-resistant germs then enter the food supply. We're at the beginning of potential catastrophe. Even a simple cut could become infected and have a a deadly staph infection. Ah, you're not serious. Bacteria can now resist all of our antibiotics? I mean, I'm a fan of the resistance right now, but these bugs are taking it too far, man. (laughs) This shit is going crazy. I mean, you realize, you realize we're really gonna go back to the old days when you could die from something stupid, like a, like a tiny cut. It'll be like it was in the 1700s. You get a paper cut and everyone will be like, well, that's that, I better get my affairs in order. <laughs> and that's how you knew you were dying in the olden days, right? When they told you to get your affairs in order. <laughs> Which I never understood, I'll be honest with you. Like, I never understood getting your affairs in order. Like, if I have a week to live, I'm not doing paperwork, I'm not a f- <laughs> Yeah, get my affairs, you get your affairs in order. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm living my life. I don't care. Yeah, people, living people have 80 years to spend their lives organizing filing cabinets. That's not my priority when I'm dying. Yeah, when they find my body, I'll have two different shoes on, a bunch of shredded documents around me, let my family figure out where my shit is. If they can find it, they can have it. I'm not getting any affairs (laughs) in order. Yeah, the one thing I will do is make sure that I have one good last tweet on my Twitter feed. Yeah, because you don't want your last words forever to be like, yo, let me see them titties. That does not look good (laughs) at a memorial. But speaking of... (laughs) Speaking of the super resistance, let's move on to the protests in Hong Kong. The movement may have started as a silent street march, but now it has turned into an all-out war. Hundreds of protesters are trapped in a tense standoff with riot police in Hong Kong tonight after violence erupted in the streets there. This was the scene at Hong Kong's Polytechnic on Monday. Barricades made of bricks, metal, and other debris blocked entrances to one of the city's top schools, with hundreds of police dressed in riot gear positioned outside. But protesters fought for control, using slingshots, bricks, Molotov cocktails, even a bow and arrow. 
Here, a police vehicle is seen attempting to cross protest lines, but demonstrators repelled the moving truck with Molotov cocktails, causing it to ignite and forcing it to retreat. The driver survived and the fire was extinguished. Oh shit, that was insane. I love how everyone thinks they have a plan until you set their shit on fire. Then it's like, ah, oh, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. It's also funny how fire does that to us as humans, right? We're so civilized and sophisticated, but fire turns us right back into apes. Like, I don't care how fancy you are, you could be giving a TED talk, and if a fire breaks out on that stage, you'd be like, yes, the ethics of transhumanism must transcend. I will say, though, it is really amazing that the people of Hong Kong are still protesting this intensely after nearly six months. That's commitment. I haven't seen that much commitment since Pharrell decided he was gonna be the hat guy. That's commitment. <laughs> I mean, think about it. America has had a ton of protests, but they don't sustain like that. Right? And to be fair to the people, that's partly President Trump's fault. Right? He's always coming up with something new to protest, so it's hard for people to focus, you know? It's like one person's out there like, stop corruption! Someone's like, wait, I, I thought we were here for the kids in cages. Like, actually, <laughs> I'm here for Ukraine. I'm here to resist antibiotics. Ah, it's the superbugs! <laughs> All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> today was another day of the public impeachment hearings in the Capitol. And what made today special was that it was the first day we heard from the witnesses who were actually on that infamous Ukraine call. And you know, to be honest, this just makes me feel bad for Trump. You know, the poor guy is trying to do something shady and people keep listening in on him. You know? Yeah, it's like our moms did back in the landline days. You remember that? Trump's probably in the White House like, Mom, get off the line! I'm trying to get dirt on Joe Biden! <laughs> but while the impeachment train rolled on, there's an even bigger scandal rocking D.C. today. And just a warning, if you have small children at home, you should probably bring them over to the TV to watch this. <laughs> A congressman says he was not responsible for a noise heard during this interview. I've counted at least five people testifying this week who were on the phone listening to the president talk about this swap of dirt for U.S. military aid. Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Okay, that was embarrassing. <laughs> that was a fart on live TV. And it was a loud fart too. Like that thing was so loud. I bet someone made a noise complaint. It was just like, hello, 911. I think there's been a wet shooting. <laughs> and just so we all agree that that was a fart, let's play it one more time. The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was unmistakably a giant fart. It sounded like a game show contestant got a question wrong from inside Eric Swalwell's ass. That's what it sounded like. Although, although, to be fair, we don't know that it was Congressman Swalwell for sure. Like, it could have been the host, Chris Matthews. Yeah. In fact, this is the viral argument that everyone has been talking about online. <laughs> Who let it rip? And this clip got so big, so big, that the two main suspects have actually had to come out and address it publicly. Swalwell says he didn't do it, and even the hardball Twitter account for MSNBC says it wasn't him, but instead blames a mug scraping across the desk. 
Hmm. Okay. The congressman shared that tweet, quoting in all caps, total exoneration, seeming to take the whole thing in good spirits. Because, look, that's embarrassing. Oh, that's hilarious. Total exoneration. Yeah. It's a good joke by Swalwell, but it's actually not fair to bring Trump into this because he's the one person who wouldn't try and hide it. He would try and own a giant fart. Yeah, he'd be like, that's right, I farted, and it was the biggest, most beloved fart of all time. You know Obama could never fart like this. He tried, but he couldn't get it done, folks. Couldn't do it. So for more on this flatulence scandal, we're now joined by our senior DC correspondent, Desi Lydic, everybody. You're there in the Capitol building at the scene of the crime. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, Trevor, the air is thick with speculation, <laughs> intrigue, and obviously farts. Uh, it's clear the impeachment proceedings have put Eric Swalwell under an enormous amount of pressure. And yesterday on MSNBC, that pressure was finally released. Uh, but Desi, MSNBC claims the sound came from a mug. Ah, uh, come on, a mug? Now, that's a pathetic excuse. Think about it. If mugs made fart noises, coffee shops wouldn't be relaxing. They'd sound like a yoga class in retirement home. That's a, that's a good point, but Desi, how, how do you know it wasn't Chris Matthews who fought it? Because, Trevor, the forensic evidence doesn't lie. Didn't you see Swalwell's shoulders rise during the fart? He's like a, a dog sensing an earthquake right before the moment hits. And Swalwell's quick denial is the biggest tell of all. It, it, might I remind you, Trevor, that the law says he who denied it supplied it. <laughs> right there in the Constitution. Uh, you, you know, Desi, normally, normally that would convince me, but, but a bunch of old clips have been resurfacing online today because of this story, and they show that this isn't the first time a fart has happened on Chris Matthews' show, right? Like, listen, listen carefully to this clip from September, and these are absolutely real. What's the penalty for this kind of case? So that really depends on how it's ultimately structured, if they were able to make some sort of a tax charge here. <laughs> well, Desi? Okay, Trevor, yeah, I, I did hear something, but yeah, I don't know, maybe Chris Matthews was wearing leather pants. Yeah, but but it, it seems to happen a lot though, Desi. Okay, here's another clip from his show in December. The president directed that activity according to this, uh, this uh, memorandum today. Ken. Yes, Chris. And, and in fact, you know, Michael Cohen already stood up in court and said that when he pleaded guilty to these charges in the Southern District of New York. <laughs> you heard that, right? Yeah. No, but, you know, that, that really, that could have been anything. For all we know, Rachel Maddow was practicing the trumpet down the hall. And yeah, to be honest, Matthews wasn't even on camera when this happened, so this proves nothing. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Desi. The, uh, well, then what about this one? Just give me the skinny here. Can we get a clean, mm. fair, honest election in Florida tomorrow? Come on, Desi. That one was obviously him. I mean, he even paused. He paused. He spoke, then the sound, then he put. He did that thing babies do when they poop. It was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's clearly over, Desi. I'll drop a mic, but Chris Matthews would probably find a way to fart into it. No, come on, Trevor. The only thing that this proves is that you've been Googling Chris Matthews farts all day. Okay. You know what, Desi? I don't understand why you're defending Chris Matthews so hard. Why can't you just admit that this guy is a one-man fart factory? Okay. 
I will tell you why, Trevor, because even though this might be a silly story to you, there's a real war on truth happening right now in America. And we journalists are the ones fighting on the front lines to defend all the institutions we hold dear. In the words of Edward R. Murrow, to be persuasive, we must be believable. To be believable, we must be credible. And to be credible, we... Uh, Desi, mm -hmm. was, was that a... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I was just, um, I was moving my mug around. Just... Desi Lydic, everyone. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. We are now more than halfway through the football season and things are really heating up, which means it's time for another edition of I Apologize for Talking While You Were Talking. <laughs> hey, what's up, football junkies? I'm Michael Costa, that's Roy Wood Jr. And as they say, we're ready to jam that sweet sports up your veins. That's oh. not a thing you should say on TV, but yes, we do have a lot to talk about, Costa. Yeah. When you hear the word football, what comes to mind? Oh, man, I think about Friday nights in high school. You know, mm -hmm. the crowd cheering my name, me dropping passes, the crowd booing my name, my dad <laughs> yelling at me, me having to run home next to the car. Please, Dad, don't take the highway. Okay. <laughs> that is also a thing you shouldn't say on TV. When I hear football, I think about gladiators attacking each other with brute force. Yep. And in one of last week's games, the Cleveland Browns took brute force to a whole new level. Yep. Now that disturbing and dangerous fight at the end of the Browns-Steelers game last night, a hit with a helmet, getting a football superstar a big penalty. Here it, is. it started with a late sack on Mason Rudolph, turning into a brawl. Garrett ripped off Rudolph's helmet and then violently swung it. Oh, gosh! I mean, this is multiple game suspension right here. And tonight, there are. Garrett is out at least through the end of the season, possibly longer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the worst thing a football player has ever done. Right? didn't... Didn't OJ play football? This is the second worst thing a football player has ever done. Look, look. Second worst. I, I get that that was bad, but come on. He got hit with a helmet. You know, in football, you're always getting hit with helmets. In, in practice, during games, at the dinner table, when your dad doesn't think you passed the salt fast enough. You need to see a therapist, man. But look, I do think if you get hit in the head with your helmet, mm -hmm. then you should get suspended for being a bitch-ass loser. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a mall cop getting run over by his own Segway. Yeah, and it, isn't it sad how the biggest athletes in the world are swinging it out and the only thing the refs can do is just throw a little yellow flag? Eh. You know, look, I've said it before, and it's an unpopular opinion, but this is why the refs need guns. That... That is a terrible idea. So, the Cleveland Browns player has been suspended by the NFL indefinitely, but meanwhile, an old NFL player might be coming back in. Okay. 
Comeback kept. The quarterback's been out of the NFL since 2016 after he set off a firestorm kneeling during the national anthem, protesting police brutality and racial injustice. But this weekend, Colin Kaepernick held a workout with scouts to show teams he's still in game shape and ready to make his return. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. Wow, this is amazing. Colin Kaepernick held a training session to show the NFL he's still got it. And don't forget, Roy, he's been gone for three years. I know. In that time, he could have graduated law school and been kneeling in courtrooms by now. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I really find most impressive yep. is that Kaepernick only had four days to get ready. Four days. If the league calls me to try out, I need about four months. Uh, Roy, uh... They're not going to call, okay? <laughs> Let's move on to our final story. While Colin is trying to get some love, players at the University of Florida are getting a little too much love. Most teams have traditions before a game, say a chant, touch a lucky statue, or in the case of the University of Florida football team, kiss the coach's wife. And not everyone's comfortable with that. This video is lighting up social media. It shows the head coach's wife kissing players on the University of Florida football team. It's a game day tradition. Megan Mullen looks the young men square in the eyes, offers a few words of encouragement, and then kisses them on the cheek. Some are calling it gross and disrespectful. If this was a man doing it, this, this would be on CNN. This would be on MSNBC. This is just embarrassing, Roy. The coach's wife getting handsy with all the players on the team. This is so inappropriate. I mean, look at the way she's examining and poking and prodding them. It's it's like a deleted scene from Get Out. Yeah, but Costa, Costa, you're overreacting. All that happened here is just some good old-fashioned Southern hospitality. I'm from the South. That's what we do, baby. Look, 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 just because you're from the South doesn't make it right. I mean, you guys also did slavery. I'm sorry, what? Excuse me. We did slavery? We did slavery? Are you sure about that? I don't know. I wasn't there, but you're the one from the South, so maybe you should apologize. Look, all, all, all I was trying to say, all I was saying is, I don't think it's appropriate for her to be feeling up the players like that. You know, you're telling me you wouldn't get mad if I kissed your wife? Why? Why would I get mad? I kissed yours last week. Whoa! Whoa! That was a joke, right? That was a joke? Well, that's all the time we have. He's Michael Costa. I'm Roy Wood Jr. Back to you, Trevor. No, 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 you can be Michael Costa and Roy Wood Jr., everybody. We'll be right back. is an award-winning composer, lyricist, and actor who created two hit Broadway musicals, In the Heights and Hamilton. He now stars in the new HBO series, His Dark Materials. Please welcome Lin-Manuel Miranda. Congratulations on yet another successful project. Does it ever get tiring? <laughs> Just like winning, does it ever get tiring? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm tired a lot. 
because I work too hard. You, you, you're doing extremely well. I mean, like, you, you've always been a talented individual, but it feels like now that hard work and talent is paying off in everything that you're doing. I mean, Helmets was a huge success that people are still... People are still trying to get tickets all the time for the show. And, and now you're in a world where you, you, you're branching into acting. We're seeing you in movies. We're seeing you creating a new show here, his dark materials. I love the books. Yeah. I love the books. The love books the books. Are, and I've always been waiting for somebody to just, like, go in and tell the story. Were you a fan of the books as well? Huge fan of the books. Um, just so surreal and so rich and, and gorgeous. And, and never in a million years thought that I'd get to live in that. Right. You know, to dive into your favorite book and play a part is, like, a very surreal experience. How do you prepare to act, uh, like, alongside, like, a, a giant polar bear? <laughs> No, because, like, actors always be like, oh, you know, for this role, what I did yes. was I... I, I went, went to the Arctic. I went to, and I went... Like, did you do any, like... Like, like did you go to the zoo? Did you, did you do anything? <laughs> Not really. No? Uh, no, I worked on the accent a little bit. I have a lot of family in Texas, actually. Right. My, 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 I have a lot of Mexican family on my mom's side, so I was just sort of channeling San Antonio and Corpus Christi. Right, right, right. And, and trying not to go full Yosemite Sam. And, <laughs> and, and then, you know... Really, the fun was it. They had these amazing puppeteers to sort of play the demon. So we were not acting with like tennis oh, balls. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, okay. We had like. So I you had, actually had. I had like, like a rabbit. Yeah. I'll 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 tweet oh, it. There was like nice. a puppet of a rabbit, and I talked to her, and she was great, and she was my buddy. And <laughs> what's fun about the world is like every two-person scene's a four-person scene. So like you and I would be talking. Yes. And I've got like let's say mine is like a little rat. Yes. And he's like checking out your demon and... What, 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 like, what is my demon? I don't know. You read the books. Yeah, but how do you... Who would embody your demon? What, I, what like does what your soul of, look like in animal what form? What would my soul look like in animal form? I would go with a panda bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I think Can you it's, imagine just watching The Daily Show and then there's just a little panda bear that also I think that would be pretty dope. ...sits here? Yeah, I like the panda because it's half black, half white. I think it's vibe. <laughs> That's like the vibe. You know? Right. Yes. It's great. And it doesn't like to have sex if people are watching. I mean, that's pretty much what I love about panda bears. Yeah, and sometimes falls out of trees. <laughs> while I do fall out of trees. Yeah. Um, but, but this project has been really cool. And then while this is happening, you've got another show that you've launched on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, we're doing a Broadway run of Freestyle Love Supreme, which yes. is a hip-hop improv group that I've been in for, like, 15 years. Yes. And that's been the opposing muscle group on all the other projects. Right. Because it's a completely improvised show. I perform in it, like, twice a week. Um, that's the cool thing about the show, though. A lot of people don't realize this, is Lin-Manuel performs in the show. It's freestyle hip-hop. Everything is happening. It's improvised on the night for the audience. It's getting rave reviews. But what's great is you pop in, and no one knows when you're gonna pop in. Yeah. So I heard, like, yesterday, for instance, I was talking to someone who was at the show, <laughs> and they were like, oh, I was having a great time. And then it was, like, near the end of the show, and they're like, oh, Lin didn't come, but I was like, what a great show. And then you came out, and then the person says they, like, peed themselves a little bit. Yes. Because they weren't expecting it now. Yeah, and that was a really funny one because the person was, like, a huge Hamilton fan and she was freaking out because Chris Jackson was there. He was right, already right, on right. stage. Yes, exactly. And she was like, Chris Jackson's here, George Washington's here. And then they were like... And, and we do this thing where we, we interview someone, we do their whole day, and then we do, like, a hip-hop musical version of their day. And Shockwave, our beatboxer, plays their body and then I play their mind and I came out and played her mind. And I think I saw her pee. I think I saw the moment... <laughs> It was sort of like the, 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 the good congressman's fart. It was sort of like a pause. <laughs> and then a release. Yes, and that's live theater, baby. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, you, you, you're so good at crafting material. You're so good at writing stories and acting in something that's prepared. Improv comes with a completely different muscle. You know, you're freestyling and you're hip-hopping, you know, throughout the show. 
what do you think you enjoy more? Just like on like a raw level of like, oh, this is like completely just easy fun. I think of it as, as I literally think of it as like opposing muscle groups. Like it took me a year to write my shot got in it, Hamilton, got it, got but it. I went and did, tw- you know, Freestyle of Supreme is you're getting our best first draft in right. real time. Right. And you're bringing the ingredients. We're like a bunch of chefs on stage and you give us the words and we cook up whatever we can in that moment That's and fun. sort of throw it back That's to you. Fun. So it, it strengthens the other thing because you... it also forces you not to be precious about your writing because you're like, I can't, you know, I just did a 90 minute show last That night. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever like get bored of people asking you to freestyle in real life? Because let's be honest, you have become the hip hop guy. Yeah. And now you have the freestyle show and it's like, so it's freestyle and it's hip hop. So like, I feel like everywhere you go, people are just like, oh my God, Lynn, how are you? <laughs> you know what? It's a coffee mug. <laughs> yeah. A boo boo chee. Well, a boo boo chee. Is... A boo boo chee. A boo boo chee. <laughs> I love coffee and I want to say, <laughs> you drink it every day. Come on, Lynn. Yeah. How, be honest with me. How many people do that to you? Well, only reporters. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what my new thing that I've done, and you could probably do an amazing supercut on this because yes. you guys are wizards at that, is like my new thing is I say I will freestyle if you beatbox. So you could do a supercut of like reporters beatboxing just that. to get me to freestyle, and it's a lot of like like little white ladies being like. <laughs> It's pretty You know funny. what? You've just sent me on my next mission. Thank you so much Thank for being you on the so show. Thank you so much. I'm going to find every show. single one of those kids. Kids <laughs> Drop Materials as Mondays at 9 p.m. on HBO. The one and only. Men, 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 everybody. Thank you so much. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.